0: because I don't want to turn it into a sermon. Uh, this is a, a journey that I'm going to be sharing with you. And the way I've kind of um, done it is to um, talk about two brothers. Getting, uh, one is called the older brother and one's called the younger brother. Uh, and that both of those people are actually me. First up, um, I just want to kind of use this time to really um, use it to encourage you in whatever season of the walk you're in, knowing Jesus. But if you're sceptical, maybe you're a bit, you know, it's been a while, you're struggling, you've got doubts, Um, whoever you are, pray that somehow this will encourage you. So first up, the story of an elder brother. Uh, Where I get this from is Jesus talks about a story about two brothers. Uh, One is the younger brother who heads off and runs off and lives in the world. The other one stays around and is very religious and does the right things. both, And I'm tempted still to be both. But first up, I grew up as an elder brother. What does that look like? It's up here on the screen. <laughs> so that's a picture of me saluting. Uh, that's me growing up in a very Jesus-loving religious home. Uh, I was that kid during school holidays that had to memorise like Psalm twenty-three, Psalm one hundred and nineteen. Uh, knew all the stuff, uh, and my parents thought it was fun. I didn't. Um, And so we grew up in the Middle East. My dad was working there in a place called Oman. We migrated to Melbourne in 1988. Uh, I came uh, to Australia not knowing much and told stories of kangaroos and emus running around in the backyard. And I found that very quickly was a (laughs) lie. And so what happened was this elder brother, Bib, that's me, uh, grew up in this church background, loved Jesus, and they really tried to help us out. As I grew older, I found that I was that kid who was happy to tell you when you're doing something wrong, no matter what age you are. I was that kid who would come up with the Bible, open it up to you and say, well, see this? See that tattoo that you have? Don't well, do it. Because this is what the verse says." No matter how old you were, that was me. I was that guy who wore suits to church uh, and that was the elder brother, me. And I thought, uh, being good, was what made you white with God. My parents, as best as they could, they raised me to know that it's actually by grace that I've been quite um, for a while. Around the age of 17 and 18, uh, I was introduced to porn. uh, And that uh, led to my simply slow for till my mid-20s. And and basically that became an addiction, uh, and that was the point of no return in my mind. Uh, That was me saying to myself, well, you know what? I've tried the God thing, I'm trying to be holy, it's not quite working, Uh, let's see what else is there. Uh, that's where the story turns into what's called The younger Brother, and this is what I became, that's the next picture. Um, So ultimately what it became known to me was I decided to pursue a career in retail and management. I became very good at it, Uh, I made a lot of money for the company I was working for, so in your 20s, working for a video game store, it's pretty awesome making a lot of money for them, but eventually that vacuum that I knew that God really filled was being filled with other things that eventually wasn't going to fill. So I found something else. I remember going to my first illegal, uh, what's known as a rave dance party at the Docklands. I know you go to Docklands now for cool trendy Back in my day, there was a lot of illegal parties and uh, I used to go to them. And I arrived there and I first time saw this guy on the stage and he had two turntables and vinyls and music booming and this crowd yelling at him and he was just owning the crowd and I thought to myself, that's what I want to become. Uh, so I basically pursued that with all of my um, uh, might to pursue this role of becoming a DJ. I found it very quickly, I was terrible at it, um, because I just, the whole rhythm thing, uh, looking back, I can tell you now, I think that was God in His grace and mercy protected me. I had this one moment where I was um, playing at a party with a lot of people, and when you're a DJ, you have gotta have the beats in line, you have gotta put the music as like one song, right? And so, here I am, my ears can't pick it up at all, it's like literally physically blocked off. So I don't know what I was doing. There was people booing me. It was like, okay, this is not going to work. So I became an nightclub promoter. So uh, I was that guy that would wait at the door and let you in or not let you in. I was the guy that was well known around Melbourne for a while. Uh, in that uh, any club that I have been to, uh, everyone knew who should be And I loved it. It fed my ego. It fed uh, ultimately who I was. And in that world, uh, I got up to quite a bit of mischief. Uh, and pursued things uh, from drugs and alcohol and a variety of things But also pursued, in particular, treating women as objects. Uh, and that was the slippery slope that continued from my own reality. Uh, but God, in His grace, uh, actually pursued me even in the darkness. Uh, he actually used a non-Christian friend of mine, who I had betrayed, who I had stolen money from, who I had lied and cheated from. Uh, turned around to me one day and confronted me about this. And I turned around and said to him, hey, I'm really sorry, I apologise. He said, what do you think I should do to you? And I said, well, we can stop being friends, just don't turn me into the cops. Uh, He said, well, I choose to forgive you. Now, that clicked something in my head because I grew up with all the stories of grace, forgiveness, mercy. And that brought me back into pursuing who God is. Uh, it began a long journey for me to grow away from being that legalistic kid who knew all the answers to really try to explore again who Jesus is. So, what that meant was God opened the door for me to spend some time with someone in a church community to sit, read the Gospels again afresh. Uh, and in that moment, I remember I was in my room at my parents' place. Uh, I was reading one of the Gospels, and I was confronted with Jesus through he is. Jesus describes himself as the great I am. And in that moment, I knew God was speaking to my heart and saying, Do I not die? So in that moment, I gave my life to Jesus. Uh, I think that's where I got really converted, and I gave my life to him. So, how's it been now? I'm fine. I've got no problems at all. Uh, up here on the screen, you'll see a passage. Um, How has your view of Christian, uh, Christ and the gospel changed since you first became a Christian? Well, it's constantly changing in there. At one uh, point, I thought the gospel was just news to those people. It's those people don't know Jesus. Uh, but now I'm realizing more and more the gospel is for both. Those who don't know Jesus and those who do know Jesus, people like me. This verse has become a real anchor for me, particularly when the Apostle Paul is writing to a church and he's encouraging them, and then he says in, um, words in verse 6, I'm sure of that. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. I wish those verses said uh, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion by making sure you don't go through any problems in life. Uh, sadly, that's not what it says, but in a good way, it's got a way in my life. And there's still a lot of drugs that's still in my life that God's in my uh, My temptation these days is constantly to be religious and be looking down on people and thinking that uh, I've got it together and no one else has. And is constantly challenging me. Uh, no, I've got a lot of things I still need to know. And then finally, uh, I just wanted to share something, I guess, uh, as I was reflecting on this. Pam sent me some questions. And uh, one of the things he suggested was probably what, what are the things that I do in my journey? now this is when I, you, know, you listen to a pastor and you go, oh yeah, you must have you know, major disciplines and stuff. Just letting you know, no, um, I'm still on that journey, just like you. But one of the things I'm still growing and learning is this, particularly this year, is this lesson from Psalm 46:10-11: Be still and know that I'm God. Um, for me, that's really hard because I'm constantly thinking of lots of things, new ideas, what to do next, big vision, this and that, and I have to learn to be still. Okay? who is God, not me? And to be reminded God will making himself known. Uh, so often that means to uh, literally be still physically. Uh, that means taking aside some time to read, pray, and listen. And it's something that I'm also learning that I need to learn in the community. Uh, yes, I get the great privilege to be part of the leadership here, but if you do this in isolation, it's not going to work. And that was my fault when I walked away from God. The problem I had with porn, I thought... I can't share that with people, you know? I can't, because I'm oh that guy who knows all the verses. I'm involved in leadership, and you know, I'm to Christian school. I'm in leadership at a Christian school. I can't share this. That was a lie. So I'm learning that it's important to be in community to share the struggles controls, and um, challenges. So that's a bit about my testimony. Uh, John really pumped it up this morning, and I was there going. I'm not going to give all the details. Um, so I'm sorry if I disappointed anyone. Now, how much time is there, Ken? A few minutes. A few minutes. So I don't want to cut into Ken's uh, seven So, quick questions. Any questions? Anything you want to ask about my journey? Oh. Yes, Josh. What was your DJ name? What was my DJ name? <laughs> <laughs> For those of you near the Canterbury Gardens, there's a bet going around to try to figure out what we should do with the DJ man. So I'm going to leave it there. Good luck in finding out. <laughs> yes, go ahead. Can you ask me about the role of your mother and his Yeah, the role of my mother. Great question. Um both my parents uh, have been pivotal in being in the background and also a church community who uh, were constantly praying for me uh, I still remember to this day uh, after having a pretty big night um, and coming home and arriving uh, into my room and there the was my moment and his was praying within my soul and so I remember talking after the Lord you know saving me I'm going the lamp and you know, I really appreciate you praying for me yeah I prayed to God and I told him that if he does anything that dishonesty you you can take his life <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm thankful <laughs> that God <He's> gracious <laughs> 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 so God was very kind um, definitely it's because a lot of friends that's just my mother <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah. you talked about the big brother and how you can easily step Back into that mode. Yes. When you've been shown much grace. Yes. Unpack that a little bit more, how you can easily, you know, you don't come across as someone who would come across as being big brother anymore, but you're still internalizing that. Can you unpack yeah. that a little bit more? Sure. Um, so, probably in a couple of ways. So, one immediately in my home, so with my wife, Beck, uh, where I'm the big brother is I. When she doesn't feel like she's growing or getting things happening, I just assume that well, you just need to remember this: this is what God has done, and I give her a theological like argument. So I preach to my wife, which is not a good idea. Um, second thing is how it kind of wrestles is also with my kids. When I'm um, kind of raising my kids, all well, three in different seasons, I like sometimes I'm very impatient. That's how I know I'm being a big be brother. I'm being impatient towards people who are not getting it. And then that plays out into pastoral situations or in, in the context. So what it means is I tend to go, um, you should know this. Uh, you should figure this out. Uh, as to stepping back and asking the question, hey, yeah, okay. I, I know how it feels uh, to be really frustrated and angry. And I do also want to yell at it. But because of Christ he told you to say, he's still an elder on So that's the kind of narrative of concern he's returning Phil, last question, otherwise this, this is gonna to take too long. long. Thank you. In what ways would you say God has used your past for blessing, what's and to what shape you are now? Um, I think one, Um, I think something I'm still learning, one, uh, it's never too late. Nothing is impossible for God. Uh, I share this story often. So I was at a a gay nightclub um, with my mates. Um, So the biggest nightclubs at the time when I was DJing and partying and clubbing was the gay nightclub because they had good music and good DJs. The world famous DJs went there. So both homosexuals, lesbians, straight, all went to this party. I still remember standing in the middle of the dance floor, dancing away, and right through the nightclub, they play this music called Here's the Joy, Here's the Light, Here's the Joy, Is the Light. Because a lot of house music that they play in that culture is gospel music, but for dance music too. I remember sitting there going, I can't get away from them. So one of the things I remember is in as Psalm 139 says, When you go in the depths of hell, you are there. When the depths I go to the heavens, you are there. So this idea that God is everywhere no matter what. Just letting you know that's not what you're saying, not. So I think that's what I'm realizing. It's not impossible for God to, be you know someone in that season, God still has his hands on him and he'll keep his in. Thanks. Thanks, Josh.